You're listening to In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics, The Nom. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics series, The Nom. I'm your host, Tom Panneries, and this time around we're in October of 1968, which is when our song Hey Jude by the Beatles began its dominance on the Billboard charts, which is why I'm playing it to open the show, and honestly, it kind of fits the mood of our story, which is back in the saddle from The Nom number 33. I don't have much to say about the song, except that if you don't own a copy of it, you need to go and do that now, because it's well required for any music collection. As for our comic, it came out on April 25th, 1989, with an August 1989 cover date. That cover by Wayne Van Zant shows Daniels looking to the sky and yelling, Why me? And well, he's the focus of the story, which is written by Doug Murray, penciled by Wayne Van Zant, inked by Jeff Isherwood, lettered by and colored by Phil Felix. Don Daly was the editor, Larry Hama was consultant, and Tom DeFalco was editor-in-chief. It's October 1968 at Fort Huacha, Arizona, and roll call is being taken. Daniel sneaks off to watch some television, and as he watches a news report about a convoy from the 25th Infantry being ambushed near the Cambodian border, Sergeant Kelso catches him and tells him to go see the top sergeant. It's then when we get he gets bad news. He's headed back to the Nam. He's upset. Kelso explains to him that it's not because he's a goof-off and that he did an imitation of the colonel recently, but because rules have changed and the army is going to cut down on turnover. Daniels figures then that his luck is terrible. Back in the Nam near Tain Nin, the VC wait and watch a convoy carrying the 23rd, but don't attack as one of the VC soldiers tells his companion to be patient. The convoy safely reaches its destination, and later that night, Roland calls Ice into his office and reintroduces him to Daniels. The guys are not too happy to see Daniels and aren't happy either with his new re-upping policy. Ice tells him not to worry about it because at least things are quiet, and Pig wonders, though, for how long. On the other side of the perimeter, the VC soldiers talk about how they have been ordered to wait, mainly because the Paris peace talks are still going, and therefore they've been ordered to do, be a little more patient. The next morning, the 23rd is on patrol, and Daniels is complaining, much to everyone's chagrin, while across the Cambodian border, the troops we've seen continue to plan and say that they will strike when the Americans least expect it. Several days later, with no action having taken place, Pig and Martini wonder if things really are winding down. Jones walks by with an Instamatic camera and takes their pictures. He then sells the picture to them for a buck. and goes around to everyone else in the camp and makes some decent money. Jones tries to get Daniels to get his picture taken, but Daniels isn't too happy. Then they're interrupted by Ice, who says they're moving out right now, and when they head out, they see the big red one flying in. 
Their job is to support the unit. They get in, spread out, and hit the deck when an arc light comes in and bombs the crap out of the area. After the smoke clears, they look at the wreckage and notice that the bombing goes miles into Cambodia, which the Cambodians will obviously not be happy about. They then head back because it's obviously over. Back in the hooch, Jones starts to get more people to buy his pictures when he, the guys hear that LBJ is on television. They head out to the club to see the president announce that he has ordered cessation of all B-52 bombing raids against North Vietnam. The guys wonders if that means that they cover like they got today is over. Ice says yes, Pig thinks that they're on their own, and DeMeo wants Daniels to do an LBJ impersonation, but Daniels frowns and says, sorry, but I really think that there ain't nothing funny about this war no more. As we saw with the last issue, the context of the world at large is becoming more and more important for the story. And in this month, Johnson did stop the B-52 runs. So what he does here is have a story that uses those bombing runs and gives the soldiers eye view of what was pretty important as far as moments in the war are concerned. Daniel's character development is also important. He's been out of the book for a couple of issues, and when he has been there, he's been a screw-off. But here we have him not only frustrated by his own situation, he thought he was out, but now he's being told to go back in, and he seems to be taking things a little more seriously, maybe? I can't tell if he's now taking things seriously or if his proclamation at the end is more of him just getting sour, like he'll be angry now instead of silly. No, he won't fool around in the field anymore, but that doesn't mean he'll be a better soldier per se. Murray kind of leaves that open here, and I guess we'll see it more in future issues. The art here, as it has been, is solid. Van Zant and Isherwood, as well as Phil Felix, give us the full scope of the battle while also giving us the characters' emotions and reactions. And I know I'm not saying very much about the issue, but honestly, there isn't much to say. It's a pretty straightforward story. It's simple. It works very well. So with that, I'll take a break and I'll come back with historical context, letters, and ads. In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars Story. Monthly at MyStarWarsStory.com October of 1968 marks the beginning of Operation Sea Lord, a massive naval campaign involving 1,200 United States gunboats that are sent throughout Vietnam to disrupt NVA supply lines. Sea Lord was actually an acronym, standing for Southeast Asia Lake, Ocean, River, and Delta Strategy, and it was also a joint operation with the South Vietnamese. By 1971, all of its operations were turned over to the South Vietnamese, and it was considered pretty successful. On October 14th, the United States announces that 24,000 troops will return to Vietnam for involuntary second tours. October 16th is the famous Black Glove Salute of the 1968 Mexico City Summer Olympics, when United States athletes Tommy Smith and John Carlos, who had won gold and bronze medals in the men's 200 meters, raised their fists in a black power salute while on the podium. 
The image is one of the more famous from the Olympics that year, and the salute was considered controversial. Of the salute, Smith later said, If I win, I am American, not a black American. But if I did something bad, then they would say I am a Negro. We are black, and we are proud of being black. Black America will understand what we did tonight. The IOC attempted to suspend both athletes and ban them from the Olympic Village. Both athletes were ostracized after returning home, although they both did eventually recover enough to have successful careers both in and out of sports, both playing in the National Football League for a brief period of time as well. October 21st sees the U.S. releasing 14 Vietnamese prisoners of war, and October 27th we have 50,000 people protesting the war in London. Finally, on October 31st, we have Operation Rolling Thunder, which was the bombing campaign against North Vietnam. Here's what the history place has to say about it. Operation Rolling Thunder ends as President Johnson announced a complete U.S. halt of U.S. bombing of North Vietnam in the hopes of restarting peace talks. Throughout the three-and-a-half-year bombing campaign, the United States dropped a million tons of bombs on North Vietnam, the equivalent of 800 tons per day, with little actual success in halting the flow of soldiers and supplies into the South or in damaging North Vietnamese morale. In fact, the opposite has occurred, as the North Vietnamese have patriotically rallied around their communist leaders as a result of the onslaught. By now, many towns south of Hanoi have been leveled with a United States estimate of 52,000 civilian deaths. Incoming this month, there are two letters. This first one from John W. Lokes from Broadview, Illinois. Guys, I am waiting to pick up issue 30 to see what was going on in country when I arrived. Please don't get the idea that I was a combat soldier, I wasn't, or some kind of patriot had to, quote, defend my country. I have few political views and went because I, I felt there was no other option for me. I was lucky and landed in, in the 191st Ordinary Battalion in Cameron Bay, where I stayed for two years. I've enjoyed your comic book and endured the letter pages until now when I feel compelled to make some of my feelings known. Some of my feelings have been festering a long while. Mr. Gilman, issue 11. If the Nam is not a realistic portrayal of the war, I wish someone would tell me what I was in. Yes, Platoon and a Rumor of War may be an example of one facet of the war, but they are not the be-all and end-all of Vietnam. If this is your memory of your time there, then please see a counselor to help you handle the problems you will face in the not-too-distant future. If, on the other hand, you were not there, keep your belief in mouth shut. Other feelings are more general, like my response to when my 17-year-old niece said she was disgusted by the way Vietnam vets were treated when they returned home, which was something commented on by a writer in issue 28 or 29. My first urge was to be extremely sarcastic, but I was able to frame a more constructive response. It's time to be concerned about the next group to return from a war. Those of us from Vietnam have made our peace with our treatment. I feel that this is enough of past irritations. On to the present. You are doing an excellent job presenting a difficult subject with an even hand. I hope this continues. Please have a couple of guys get sent to the 6th Convalescent Center during 1970. There was a VC penetration and attack during that time, and all the patient's weapons were locked away. Good story, that. Jared Goldsmith writes, I'm 14 years old. I've been collecting them since issue 21. By issue 24, I had an entire set. Before this, I wasn't a comic collector, but I saw an issue of the NOM. I read it a little bit and loved it. Could you please tell me how long your comic will be published? At the rate you're going, the world will soon be over. If possible, nearer at the end of the Marvelous series, can you follow the lives of some of those soldiers that returned from Vietnam? Doug writes, Dear Jared, if the series goes as planned, it will end with America's withdrawal in 1975 at about issue 96. Until then, we will show what the troops are doing back 
home every couple of issues. Look for Edmark soon. Thank for you for your interest. That is it. There's a next issue box with a feature of picture of the next issue's cover. It says stand, and then below that at the bottom it says stand up and hear it be heard. Below is your comic for the Comic Buyer's Guy Fan Awards. 1988 fill it out and send it in remember it's not just power it's a responsibility and there is a ballot for the cbg fan awards for for 88 which takes up the the lower quarter or so of the page nom notes nom notes arc light a high altitude attack by b-52s dropping large bombs called an arc light because of the way it lit things up real bright big red one the first Infantry Division called that because of their unit patch, which is a big red number one on a green field. Buff, big, ugly, fat flyer. Usually a ruder term, the troops word for a B-52. Fort Wachica. Army based in Arizona, specializing in communications commo training. LBJ, in this usage, President Lyndon Baines Johnson. Lock and load. Chamber around and close the breach, getting ready to rock and roll. Most tick real quick right away. Shianuk, prince and nominal ruler of Cambodia prior to the revolution there. Top is a top soldier, the first sergeant. Special note, the money on page 14 is not American currency. Because of the black market, the military paid troops overseas in military payment currency, MPC. Very colored monopoly money that we use the same as regular dollars. Ads this month, probably not much different than the last couple months. We have the return of the Konami Blades of Steel Double Dribble Track and Field 2 ad. The Taito Bubble Bobble, Taito ad for Bubble Bobble is Dynamite. This one is just a solo Bubble Bobble ad as opposed to, as opposed to and the, the one we've been seeing. Ooh, we have a two-page ad called Tales, Tales of, of the, the Spingers. And this is, uh, oh, this is like in, in our classic uh, comic book ad type of thing so i'm definitely gonna uh read this here we have a news reporter saying we interrupt this comic for a special report news flashes from around the world report massive disruptions in the earth's gravitational field and a dark figure says massive disruptions you bet from from russia to italy even down under who could be causing this chaos who would be so incredibly powerful so unspeakably evil so nauseatingly us fly face king death blow and the dread force dreadheads to you the cruelest rottenest sneakiest spinges who ever lived and you show a picture of one of the spinges slapping aside a pipe we did it we pulled the plug on the gravity generators the future of planet earth is up in the air up in the air ha 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 suddenly there's other spinges coming up laugh this off helmet head it's us, Emperor Gara and the Eliminators, the toughest, bravest, handsomest spinges who ever lived. Deep in the center of the earth, the dreaded spinges clash. Who will triumph? The army of good or the army of evil? Defenders of good, protectors of gravity, punishers of evil. Find out for yourself. This spinges game is available now at your local toy store. Just load them into their power winders, launch them into the arena, and watch them battle to the finish. Collect them all. The spinges game from Parker Brothers. I didn't know that there was some sort of machine controlling the go- gravity in the center of the Earth. I, I just assumed that um, that was just gravity, like as in physics. No. We have uh, a Taito ad for for Operation Wolf. Take no prisoners. So I guess these games that we've been seeing ads for are now getting solo ads for for the NES. We have an, a, a house ad. 
He wants to bring paradise to our planet. He wants to stop him. So there's a there's a illustration of a guy. He looks like he's falling through the air holding a cookie as a chopper flies away on top. On the bottom, there's a guy with no shirt on holding a katana sword, spinning a katana sword in one hand and firing an AK-47 in the other. And between them, there is a United States flag and a Soviet flag. And it says, Nth Man, the Ultimate Ninja by Larry Hama, Ron Wagner, and Fred Fredericks, starting in April from Marvel. I don't know how long this lasted. Uh, there's a Metal Gear ad. Uh, the guy in the Metal Gear box kind of looks like Michael Bean. It's from Ultra, and it's Gear Up, and there's just all this illustration of the different gear you can find in Metal Gear. I may have played this game once or twice. I'm pretty sure my friends and I rented it once. I think I remember enjoying it as well. I wonder if I can't remember. Is that any relation to the Metal Gear Solid games that Michael Leyland's all up on and over on Hey Kids Comics? I'd have to ask. Anyway, um, bull, bullpen bulletins this month has a slightly different layout, but or or a slightly different uh, look to it. There is a stand soapbox. Um, they're going to do another uh, Hulk. TV movie, this time Daredevil is going to be in there. And uh, apparently they're doing a Doctor Strange pilot or something. Um, I I think this never went anywhere either. either. They're talking about... They said, we've always been... Said that comics weren't just for kids and it looks like the rest of the world is finally catching on. Apparently MTV run reports regarding damage control. Tama Janowitz's cameo appearance in Spectacular Spider-Man number 144 and Epic Sakura and Stray Toasters. We... Really excited about this, and we feel like we should do everything we can to encourage such good works. Hmm. You might want to tell either write or call the swell folks at MTV and tell them to keep the Marvel Comics coverage coming. So let's lift up our heads, face front, and shout, I want my MTV just as loudly as Make Mine Marvel. Some new Spider-Man, Captain America, and Doctor Doom's Revenge uh, issue coming out. Scripted by Dapper, Denny, Fingeroff, and Rip. Pencil by Rip Roar and Rich Buckler. And John Rita does the cover. The version for IBM PC and compatible ships this month. So it's a computer interactive comic arcade adventure. Huh, interesting. And Al Milgram had a kid. The profile is on Dwayne McDuffie, who at this point was an, was an assistant editor on special projects like press posters, movie and TV adaptations, uh, but would go on to be known pretty much as the guy who kept the DC animated universe going. I really uh, contributed a lot to that. And unfortunately, he left us way too soon. Um, there is an American Comics ad that is a half a page and uh, once again is still a little bit straightforward. There's a comic book conventions ad at the bottom for Great Eastern Comic Convention. Stan Lee is going to be appearing in Boston. And we are in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and Connecticut, and and Massachusetts throughout April. Marvel Comics subscription is simply uh, Wolverine's Claws, and there's tears in the page. And it says, big multiple order savings, mailed in flat, protective poly bags, yada, yada, yada. And the inside cover has Nintendo Gamers, Start Your Pulses, Tengen, Add you have Gauntlet, RBI Baseball, Pac-Man, and the Tengen version of Pat of Tetris, which would not be as popular as the Nintendo, especially the Nintendo Game Boy version of Tetris. And our fist, the um, 
Fantasy Interactive Scenarios by Telephone is now a 1-900 number. 75 cents a minute. And that's it. Thank you for uh, listening once again. I realize this was a much shorter episode than usual. Next time around, we'll be back with the nom number 34. So until then, thank you for listening and take care. You have been listening to In Country, a podcast that covers Marvel Comics, The Nom. The Nom and all of the comics associated with it are copyright Marvel Comics, and since this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and I make no money off of it, no infringement is intended. Images, clips, and show notes can be found at Pop Culture Affidavit, which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com. Feedback can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. In Country also has a Facebook page, and you can like the podcast at facebook.com slash incountrypodcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts, which is a division of the Demanza Corps of Milan, Italy. You can download this podcast and many other great podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Want to support this and the other Two True Freaks podcasts? Go to twotruefreaks.com and click the Amazon.com link. It costs you no extra money, but really helps us all out. Thank you for listening and come back in two weeks for the next chapter in the saga of The Nom.